Hello and welcome to episode three of season two of the Ride the Rails with Andy B podcast. Today I'm joined by Mark Smith, the inimitable man in seat 61, to have a chat about hotels around Europe when traveling. Hello Mark and welcome on board. Hello Andy, all set to talk hotels. Indeed, so obviously our, our passion is trains and traveling around the world and Europe by trains but of course we need to rest our weary heads at some point if we're not on a sleeper train um, so hotels are quite an important part of the the travel process what I'd like to do is just go in straight away Mike with a question what do you look for when you're looking for a railway hotel for your trips well the first thing I look at for staying anywhere is is there a landmark hotel? Is there a, a hotel with history, character, um, where all the famous people have stayed? Something that isn't just a roof over your head when you stay there, but somewhere that's an attraction in itself. Um, and obviously, some of these are the big, famous, expensive hotels like the Savoy in London or the Paris Ritz. But uh, sometimes they can be just interesting inexpensive hotels that's just got the history and the character. Uh, probably the best example is uh, the Barons Hotel in Aleppo in Syria. Uh, not great place to stay now, of course. I think it's actually being used as a barracks. Okay. But uh, when I went there in 1995 and again in 2005, uh, it uh, was a fantastic hotel, 50 quid a night. T.E. Lawrence stayed there. Agatha Christie stayed there. The father of modern Turkey, Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, stayed there. Everyone who was anyone who travelled through stayed there. So why not stay at a place like that? So that's the, the, the first thing. Second thing, if there isn't a landmark hotel, well, uh, location, location, location. If I'm staying overnight just for one night between trains, you want somewhere across the road from the station, even if it's still handy to nip into the town. If you're going to stay a bit longer, then you want somewhere in the heart of the action, right in the middle of the old city or whatever it is that you're visiting. And that's that's really important because however nice a hotel is, if it's where the action is, you can nip out, you can, you can come back if you've forgotten something to get your spare battery for your camera or phone or whatever you can nip out to see more you can come back if you're tired you can go back out and see a bit more if you've got a hotel that's miles away it's no good at all yeah absolutely now i think i have a slightly different take on uh, the hotels when i'm when i'm traveling um because I'm, I'm out on the rails quite a lot i am unfortunately swayed a little bit by hotel loyalty schemes. So we could have a hotel where Ataturk stayed, but if I can get points next door in the Ibis, I'll go for the Ibis. <laughs> uh, my, 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 thought pro my thought process um, when I'm researching hotels, I start with the railway station and then on the different online sites, look at the hotels that are around railway stations try actually not usually i do try and go for a boutique property uh, so it could be a, a three star in italy it could actually be a bed and breakfast hotel because uh, there's some fabulous bnbs in italy and then i will also look at the hotel chains and then weigh up for myself what's going to offer best value 
And that best value is not only price, uh, but also the rewards that I can gain. So for, for example, often with the chain hotels, I get free breakfast. Whereas sometimes with the boutique hotels, uh, the, the rates are a room only. And breakfast can be surprisingly expensive uh, in hotels. I don't know if you found that yourself, Mark, if it's a room only, sometimes a breakfast is expensive. Well, generally speaking in Europe, I find the breakfast is included. Um, I've had a few experiences in the States where breakfast hasn't been included and has almost cost me more for the family than it has for the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So so breakfast is, is something that needs to be into the equation. Um, I, I recommend hotels for my Discover by Rail clients when I'm designing trips. I know, Mark, on Seat 61, you have a fabulous range of recommended hotels at all the key railway stations, not just across Europe, but across the world. Um, when, when you are recommending hotels, is it that you've stayed in hotels? Is that the, the key component for your recommendation? Well, ideally, I've been there and cased the joint at the very least. Often I have stayed in them, uh, sometimes more than once. Um, other times it's just sound research, looking up what hotels are near the station, which have the best reviews um, and which offer a sensible price or a sensible price range, if I'm suggesting a range. But some really do stand out. I mean, I have to thank you, Andy, for introducing me to the Schweizerhof in Zurich. <laughs> not only is it directly across the road from the station, not only will they send a uniformed porter to meet your train and, and take your bags across, it's one of those hotels that just gets abs everything absolutely right. I think it was the first hotel I'd ever been to that offered complimentary water in the room. Up to that point, com Water was always $10 in the minibar, and I would lie in a hotel room in the air conditioning in a hot country, <laughs> dehydrating beautifully, refusing to pay $10 for a thing of water. And that hotel, the shite's off the first time the water was free. <laughs> so Brilliant. I didn't have to drink anything out the out the bathroom tap. Uh, yeah, so that 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 sticks in my mind. But no, they, they there was a spark, a glass of fizzy when you check in, and that doesn't half make it easier hanging around to do all that paperwork. And uh, they even offered bottled water when we checked out. Actually, when they heard we were going on a, a journey, would you like this? With so they they just effortlessly get everything right. And certainly in in the evenings, on most evenings, uh, they have a turn down service and i can't remember what maybe you've stayed the night of the week that they didn't offer the service but there's a ex swiss um, cabin director comes around with a trolley you get a knock on your door and the trolley is laden with chocolate goodies and it's not just that little chocolate that's on the pillow it's a full block of real swiss chocolate and of course, being the cheeky character I am, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, Mark. Uh, I can see I, it coming. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, he kindly gave me quite a few, quite quite a few bars of that. I said oh, I was on the road for a little while, so yeah, that was that was nice. And not forgetting the champagne at breakfast. Isn't it great to have a hotel breakfast that just has a nice glass of chilled champagne on ice? 
for you to have with your coffee and your bacon and eggs and so forth. It just adds a certain something, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it is champagne. It's not Prosecco. It's the real stuff. It, no, it's, it's an awesome hotel. Um, and as, as, as you say, Mark, when that red uniformed gentle and it's generally a gentleman of the Schweizerhof meets you off the train and escorts you across the road to the station you can tell you're in for a good stay um so uh, just just going back to non-specific hotels when i was mentioning in uh, mentioning earlier about having loyalty and different brands um across europe there are four brand of brands of hotels that spring to my mind when i think of stations uh there's one brand called motel one which is primarily in germany and austria or mostly by stations um there's a fast quick fast expanding brand called b&b hotels uh where i've stayed in a handful of those by railway stations then you have the big French conglomerate, the core hotels, with a plethora of brands from Ibis Budget through to Regent Hotels, uh, especially in France, they're great for railway stations. And then in Germany and a few in Austria is the Intercity brand of hotels. And Intercity do have that little perk when you check in. Um, have, you, have you taken advantage of that perk, the, the travel pass, Mark? I've had the travel pass when I've stayed uh, Stuttgart, for example. I used the Intercity Hotel right next to the station, in fact, part of the station, as I mm. recall. Um, but I hadn't had a chance to use the local transport. I wasn't there for long enough. But it can be very handy. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And I always think these, one, of the, one of the quirks of... Uh, those transport passes actually not not so much uh, for the intercity hotels because we're at the station so you you arrive and then you don't need to use the local transport to get to the hotel but say sometimes if you're if you're flying in somewhere and the hotel does include a transport pass but you only pick it up at reception so you you still have to pay to get from the airport to the hotel uh, I've not found anyone that's found, got a way around that, um, apart from in Geneva, where in the ticket hall when you land, sorry, in the baggage hall when you land, there's a small machine, you press a button and you get a free public transport ticket into the city, which I think is a, a brilliant idea. Um, so, yeah, that's... Um, kind of the the different brands at the at the railway stations um on on your travels what would you say has been your favorite apart from apart from the Schweizerhof, of your railway ho railway railway related hotel stays railway related well it's got to be the pira palace in istanbul uh, funnily enough, it's it's not next to the station. It's it's right in the uh, centre of the city of Istanbul, but uh, it was built by the Van Lee Company for Orient Express passengers, and I've stayed there several times. It's uh, I think it cost me about sixty eight quid initially when it was run down and very much faded grandeur. It's now been refurbished. It's true five star luxury, and I think it's gone into the two hundred quid category now. But okay. um, I shall always remember it. It was uh, where I told. Uh, Mrs. 61 that uh, she was pregnant with our first child which was which was nice uh, <laughs> we, we'd we thought uh, 
my wife thought she was pregnant and uh, we, we went uh, into the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul and, and got a pregnancy testing kit, uh, took it back to the hotel. Uh, Nicolette said, don't worry, it'll, the instructions will be in uh, several languages. They always are. Yep. Uh, they weren't. They were in Turkish. So uh, in our in our hotel room and and uh, the, the the rooms in this hotel are all named after famous people. To the right was a uh, named after a president of France. Uh, the left hand room on our left hand side was uh, named after a king of Italy. We had the Julio Iglesias room, <laughs> and uh, within minutes we'd proved that Nicolette was Hamiles in his, and she said, "What does that mean?" And I said, "Well, looking at the instructions, it means you're not Hamile Dechelsen is," uh, and she said which one's pregnant and which one's not pregnant. I said, I don't know, I don't speak Turkish. So I charged down to reception, skidded to a halt in lobby and stuck the instructions under the nose of the uh, duty manager, who didn't know what the English was for pregnant, uh, but he had a brainwave and said, baby, and rang his, <laughs> ran his hands over his tummy. So that was great. And I ran back upstairs. So I shall always remember the Pira Palace for that uh, particular incident. And Fabulous then, hotel. Then did you break into a Julio song? Almost, almost. <laughs> I, I surpassed myself. I found the only English language book on pregnancy and childbirth in Istanbul at eight o'clock at night, which was pretty good going. <laughs> and then we headed on to Syria because what is what you do when you find out your wife's pregnant, don't you? <laughs> and stayed at that wonderful hotel in Aleppo. The one in Aleppo. Aleppo. That's right. Another fabulous, uh, fabulous place. Perfect. So um, I guess your son, Nate, is thankful he's not called Pera Palace. Now, he was he was named in a sleeping car on the uh, Venice Sampler Orient Express. That's where he got his name. OK, OK. I think maybe that's too much information, but here we go. There we go. <laughs> um, so one, one of the things I always look at when I'm thinking of hotels and traveling by train I see them in two two categories I see the stopover transit hotel or also on maybe where you're doing a brief two nights just to have a quick look at a city and I always think of those as being state station hotels are ideal so you're not rumbling around the city with your suitcases get off the train get to the hotel settle in and then go off and wander and explore um, and then for the for longer stays i think this the, the station location is less important un unless perhaps you're somewhere like switzerland where you're going to be going out and doing day trips on the train um, and i for, for my station stays i always think two nights is good for the station more than two nights i'd head i, I would go a little bit further do, do you have a, a time scale with your travels where you think okay city center or station it depends if if it is just one night then it'll be next to the station if if it's a city stay if the focus is the city i'll i'll want somewhere right in the heart of the action occasionally you get one that's both i mean the carlo four hotel in prague is literally two minutes across the road from the station but it's also because the station's so well situated five minute walk into the old square or the king charles bridge so the carlo four prague is is a pretty good choice both ways and it, it is something of a landmark as well because oh, it's yeah. uh, previously yep. a, a bank Yep, definitely. Um, I think, Mark, we should just take a little break for a quick word from our sponsor, TaylorMade Rail. And then when we return, I'd like to pick up again on the Carlo IV in 
Prague, if I may. So see you on the other side. Season two of Ride the Rails is sponsored by TaylorMade Rail, the train holiday specialist. They offer flight-free, independent holidays with the mission to simplify the complexities of rail travel to create sustainable and civilized holidays across the European continent. No itinerary is too intricate for them, thanks to their years of experience in the rail holiday business. Some of their most popular itineraries are in Switzerland, including the famous Glacier Express and Jungfrau Mountain Railway. Traveling to Italy via the Alps is also another popular option. They feature longer haul rail adventures, such as London to Istanbul, traveling north to the Arctic Circle, south to Morocco, and east to Russia. Not forgetting their UK holidays, an area that has seen significant levels of interest for 2021 travels. They have a high level of repeat customers thanks to their great service, clear layout of documentation, and reassuring in-trip support in the event of any hitches. They receive consistently excellent reviews on FIFO, the independent review site where their average score is 4.8 out of 5, a testament to their customer-centric focus and product choices. TaylorMadeRail.com Welcome back to episode three of season two of Ride the Rails. Just before the break, we were chatting about Prague and the Carlo IV Hotel in Prague. Last year, was it last year or was it two years ago now? Ooh, it's been two years now. Yeah, two years ago. Uh, Mark and I did a, did a trip where we were traveling back from Prague to the UK in a day. And we've both got videos on our YouTube channels. Uh, Mark did Prague to London and I did Prague to Bolton in a day. Uh, easily achievable and also can be done at a bargain price. You can probably do it for around 60 pounds 70 pounds um using kind of a special czech railways ticket from prague to brussels and then get a cheap eurostar back to london but i i was already in prague and mark mark arrived i met him at the railway station we walked across to the wonderful carlo the fourth um i'd checked in settled settled into my room we accompanied Mark to reception, we sat down, and the first thing the charming lady at reception said, congratulations, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith looks at me, he looks back at her and says, you are our guest of the day. And there he was, guest of the day. So my nose was a little bit out of joint, but um, I don't know what exactly that status gave you that day. I think you did have an upgraded room uh, probably with an extra chocolate on the bed was, was there anything else that she gave you I can't remember I can't remember either it, I think it was an upgraded room it was a very nice room and uh, definitely a hotel to recommend quite quite grand but strangely a former bank I think yeah uh, oh they they did we did we have it we we're given a takeaway breakfast because we were doing a very early start from Prague. I think they packaged the breakfast up for us to take the, to the train, um, which was a shame we, we didn't have breakfast because breakfast at that hotel is 
superb. It's along the lines of the Schweizerhof in Zurich, uh, with this time sparkling wine as opposed to champagne, but very nice sparkling wine. Huge buffet, chefs making you omelettes, wh whatever eggs you want. Uh, and that particular hotel, you can sometimes get for less than 100 euros, including breakfast, which I think is a, quite quite a bargain. Um, certainly a bargain for that hotel. Mm, it's quite a grand establishment. Yeah, you, you have to you have to play around with the booking systems. So, for example, sometimes the weekends are expensive because it's a popular weekend tourist destination. Midweek, they do get business. But say Sunday nights is always a good night to get a, a good hotel rate at a top quality hotel. Um, so, so, Mark, if we can just have a chat through some of the European gateways and just give people some ideas of hotels that we that we like in those in those gateways. Um, so perhaps start off with Paris. Um, opposite the Gare du Nord uh, used to be the Terminus Nord Hotel, which was a Mercure hotel. Very, very pleasant property, uh, but it was refurbished and it's now a 25 hours hotel, which is a modern design hotel. Um, I think with the upgrade in rooms, we did see an increase in price, uh, but it's a fabulous location. And if you stay at the front of the hotel, you have tremendous views over over Gardenor. Uh, is that is that one that you stayed in previously? Yes, in fact, the photograph of the facade of the Gardenor that I've got on my Gardenor station guide is taken from the balcony of what was the Terminus Nord Hotel. Perfect. And below the well, no, below the Twenty Five Hours Hotel, there's quite a nice brasserie called Terminus Nord, uh, which I definitely recommend. Uh, and also there's the restaurant on the railway station, which name evades me. The Etoile. Yes, yes. It was. Oh, has it gone? It's gone, unfortunately, uh, as has my favourite restaurant around the corner from the Gare du Nord. Um, but there is still a restaurant around the corner called Chez Casimir that's uh, very good. And also across the road, as you say, underneath what was the Terminus Nord Hotel is the Brasserie Nord, which is yes, uh, a yep. fantastic place for seafood. So if you fancy some oysters across the road, that's the place to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, then just, just nipping across Paris, uh, another station that is used quite a lot, particularly for UK customers traveling down to the south of France, is the Gare de Lyon. Uh, and you have the Mercure Hotel right next to the clock tower at the Gare de Lyon. Uh, it's a modern hotel. And in fact, if you ever if you have a look at photographs of the Gare de Lyon, you have this wonderful facade, the clock tower, and then this glass monstrosity attached to it. Well, the glass monstrosity is the Mercure Hotel. It's a lot better inside than it looks from the outside. I think that's a reasonable thing to say. Um, and of course, if you're staying at um, Gare de Lyon or taking a train onwards from Gare de Lyon, there's a delightful restaurant in the railway station, which Mark, can you tell us more about that? Oh, the Trambleur restaurant. What uh, international traveller hasn't discovered this over the years? Well, um, 
If you're traveling through the Gare de Lyon, there is a station buffet opened in, oh gosh, oh, 1903, something like that, with an interior decor a bit like Versailles. And they do superb French food um, and including a set lunch menu. Uh, just watch out for the rum barber because uh, I thought I was going to get some bland British rum barber concoction. It wasn't. It was a slice of sponge, uh, which the waiter liberally doused in Martinique rum for me and then left the bottle. Thought, mm, this is quite good. It was amazing. I made it over the concourse to uh, the, my waiting TGV to Milan. I wonder how many people have missed the train. <laughs> I shudder to think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I highly recommend Le Trembleur as well. It's, it really is a fabulous restaurant. Um, in, interestingly, your when you get to the restaurant, there's a very grand staircase goes up to the entrance up on the first floor. Of course, generally our people we are, we're talking to with Discover by Rail and C61 have luggage with them. There is a lift which is well hidden, uh, which nobody seems to know about. You see all these poor people struggling with their suitcases, but there's a secret lift. So that's a, a little tip for that restaurant. Um, Another gate, a gate, another gateway city is Brussels, uh, and the Gare du Midi. Uh, up until about three, four years ago, uh, the hotels generally were at the rear of the railway station, and they were all the, kind of the main brands, or so Anibis and Novotel, Parkin. Uh, but then there was a great development within the railway station. I, I've not had the pleasure of staying there, but I've certainly been in for a coffee uh, whilst waiting for a train. And I, and I think, am I right in that's the seat 61 waiting room? <laughs> that's right. I have actually stayed at the Pullman Hotel in Brussels Moody. It's a lovely modern hotel. It's, it's sort of one of the upmarket brands. And it's, it's a great place if you need to stay overnight in Brussels before continuing. But uh, the bar downstairs, very high-tech bar with lots of charging points for your mobile phones or cameras or laptops is a pretty good place to hang out, even if you're not staying in Brussels, even if you've just got a couple of hours to kill between trains. It costs about nine euros, is it eight or nine euros? Something hefty for a, a beer and some snacks. But if you consider it your VIP waiting room entrance fee, that's pretty good. And it gets you away from the hustle and bustle of that uh, under under the tracks concourse. Yeah, so I, I'm personally not a, a big fan of tight connections. And uh, when you're traveling from London through to Germany uh, on the outbound, the connection from the Eurostar to the ICEs is sometimes as little as 20 minutes. I would rather have a connection of two hours, 20 minutes and be relaxed, not, not panic if the Eurostar's late and I'm gonna miss my connection, but no, I can go and get a coffee or a beer and just have a relaxed connection. Um, is that your philosophy when traveling? Well, that particular case, I'd make the 20 minute connection, but make sure that I wasn't gonna miss anything uh, further down the line if I ended up on the following ICE. So uh, yes, I would certainly be careful about uh, tight connections. Okay, yeah, I see. I, I, I think I've been caught out once too often 
Um, so in in my dotage, I like to travel in a much more relaxed, <laughs> relaxed way. Um, continu continuing on from Brussels, uh, another major gateway for rail travel, uh, particularly coming from the UK, is Cologne. So from Cologne, you can head north to Hamburg, off to Scandinavia, south to Freiburg and into Switzerland. Then you can go east to Berlin or Nuremberg for Prague, Poland. In the past, continuing on to Moscow with direct trains, but not anymore, which is unfortunate. Um, and I think Cologne is a great city. And I prefer to have a stopover in Cologne over Brussels, if I'm honest, because Cologne, the station is in the heart of the city. Nice hotels by the station. Uh, I've stayed in a couple, the Wyndham, just at the rear of the station, and also the Marriott, which is a three or four minute walk. The Marriott is particularly good traveling with families because they go for the American size rooms with two double beds in the room, which works really, really well for families. Uh, and of course, there's the Ibis, which is integral within the railway station. Um, do you do you have any any Cologne tips, Mark? Well, that Ibis that's part of the station itself is very handy, and of course the station's right next to the cathedral. It's minutes walk from everywhere you'd uh, you'd want to be. What I do have for a tip in uh, Cologne is uh, somewhere for dinner, the Brauhaus Sion for beer and German food. That's a fantastic restaurant and uh, or beer house, and it's only a few minutes walk from the station. And I'm trying to remember the name of, of the type of beer in Cologne. Uh, it's got a spe specific, is it Kolsch or something like that? Where it's a sm it smallish well beer be. with a lot of foam on top. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I know the Brauhaus that you that you mentioned. I've partaken in there. Though I must admit, not being a beer drinker, the red wine was pretty good because they serve some decent German red wines. So either beer or wine and your sausages lots of sausages in there i seem to remember sausages potato carrot good solid german cookie yeah yeah definitely um just heading heading a little further east uh, vienna the night train crossroads of europe i think vienna is the station with night trains going to the most destinations in europe if i if i'm thinking rightly would that be the best the connected city yeah mm. best connected city with night trains definitely so one great thing if you are taking night trains um you can have an early arrival in vienna off an overnight train pop into the austrian railways first class lounge if you've been traveling in a sleeping car have it have quite a decent breakfast in the lounge very good coffee croissants etc then head over to a hotel the new Hofbahnhof in Vienna has lots of hotels around it and with the station being new also the hotels are new as part of the redevelopment um, there's one quite cool hotel I think called the Hotel Daniel just at the rear of the station. Uh, it's actually a bit hipsterish but this old hipster didn't feel too old when, <laughs> when, I, when I stayed there. I had a really nice stay. Um, so then check into your hotel, have a full day exploring Vienna, 
then you can get a sec second full day exploring Vienna. Check out the hotel, leave your bikes, return in, in the evening, and then go and hang out in the OBB lounge again, um, which has decent red wine in the evenings. Uh, I'm not sure what time the wine wine time starts in those lounges. Have you ever discovered? 1800, the... 1800. Oh, not that I know it off the top oh, of my head, me. obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just just thought that up. Yes, just <laughs> remembered that. So so you're always on a minimum of an 1830 train out of Vienna then. Just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's as I say, Vienna being that gateway to central and eastern Europe. Uh, then Italy uh, is another country where lots of people travel to by train and around by train. Um, Travelling down from northern Europe or north northwest Europe, Turin is often a gateway uh, getting through to Italy. I, I love Turin. I think it's um, an undiscovered delight. Not many people. Not many people do seem to stop there, despite it being such a gateway. Uh, it's got great hotels, great food. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Turin. Um, what about yourself, Mark? Definitely. Uh, even if you're not a fan of the 1969 Michael Caine film, The Italian Job, which of course was set there, it is a fantastic city. And it's if you're going from the UK to Italy, uh, the TGVs link Paris, Turin and Milan, and it actually breaks up the journey better to get off in Turin after five hours 30 from Paris than to stay on all the way to Milan, which is a seven hour journey. And then the following day, it's a little bit longer, but it's about, was it four hours to Rome? three hours to Florence. So it's it's a better stopover point. And it's it's off the tourist trek, the Paris, uh, the Venice, Florence, Rome tourist trek. But uh, it's it's an undiscovered gem. It's a very elegant city. And you, ha you have the two stations there. You have the Porta Souza, which has been redeveloped and is a modern station uh, with hotels that, that are walkable. And Mark and I have been trying to remember the name of the hotel close by. I've stayed in it. I'm sure it's something like the Grand, perhaps. Um, and then you have the other the other station, which is right in the heart of the city, called Porto Novo, which is a well, it's an, an architectural delight, and it's, there's lots of quite decent hotels in 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 that neighbourhood. Um, the other, the other thing I like about Turin is the fact you can get a night train from Turin down to the south to Naples and Salerno. So that, that also is another advantage, I think, of, of Turin. Um, then just, just finally, just another, another gateway city, um, Budapest. Um, Budapest with its three stations, uh, the main one that... We, we would use as international travellers is Kaletipu Station. Uh, again, another architectural delight. I stayed in a hotel there called the Royal Park Boutique, which is just outside the station. It's not it's not the nicest of areas, I'll be honest, but it, it, it has changed since they renovated the area in front of the station, but a really good value hotel. 
next to Coletti, so it's easy to get around the city also with the with the metros. Um, yeah, that's one I, I would recommend. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on Budapest? I was just trying to think where I stayed last time I was there. I have a feeling I, I, I spend a lot of time passing through Budapest, changing trains, heading for somewhere else, not necessarily staying there. And of course, Budapest Station has its first class lounge as well, which is hidden. Platform in the, 9. Yes. Uh, in fact, Mark, it was on a trip to Budapest that we first encountered each other, one hosted by Ulrich from Deutsche Bahn. Yeah, that uh, ooh, 2009, I think it was. That's right. And um, Anthony Lambert was on a sat on a, one of the tables with us and he did the intro introductions. Um, so that was either a, <laughs> a fateful journey <laughs> or the, the start of, actually it was the, the start of, a, I think, a very good friendship. And it's always great. It was great to meet a fellow traveller. I think that's, I think that's the best description for us, fellow travellers. Definitely, yep. Um, Mark, thank you very much for your insights into European hotels, um, especially your thought process of how you go about looking at a hotel. Um, so I'd like to thank you very much. A quick thank you to our sponsors, TaylorMadeRail.com, who feature most of the hotels we've discussed today as part of their packages. And I will say at TaylorMade Rail, they have the attention to detail that both myself and Mark have in respect of hotels. You can rely on the hotel products that they include as part of your package. So Mark, until next time, thanks a lot and see you soon. Until next time. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. <laughs>